Hey everybody, welcome to Ramcast. I'm your host as always, Ryan Mathers, and welcome to this very, very special AMA episode. We are back once again, once a month, to our monthly AMA. Ask me anything. I love these episodes, they're a lot of fun. I love getting the questions from you guys. Each month the questions are getting slightly more technical and slightly more hardcore, which you will see when I read them out uh, just now. Ah, dropped a little South African saying there, just now, now, now. For the international listeners, they'll be like, what the hell is just now? It comes after now, it's just now, you know, don't worry about it. South African slang, you'll pick it up. Like I said on today's episode, we're going to the AMA, but before... I start diving into the, you know, the kind of normal spiel of the episode. I've got a, two things I would like to bring up here. Um, and they are a request and a recommendation, uh, which I would like to chat about at the beginning of the episode. The request has to do with, I need to ask you kind people out there a favor. And uh, I'm a little bit new at doing this. I'm not good at asking favors so excuse me if i get a little bit uh, awkward turtle here or awkward jellyfish or awkward human being uh, but um, i've now set up new social media pages for this uh, podcast so the ramcast instagram page is up and the ramcast facebook page is up and the reason why i've done that is so that i can move everything across off my personal pages, so my personal Instagram page, my personal Facebook page, and that's so I can create a little bit of a difference between me and the podcast, otherwise I'm throwing podcast stuff on top of my personal kind of drunken photos or really funny memes that's funny to like two people and it just gets all jumbled up and lost in the wash, so I felt this was a a better way of uh, approaching the podcast and everything also created a nice link tree website setup that uh, has easy links to these uh, social media pages there will be other social media pages coming up in the future i'm busy working on the twitter one now or the x one uh, as we speak and uh, so that link tree link will be the gateway into all the different links for um ramcast Now, the ask or the request that I have for all of you is if you could please go to those pages, either if it's the Instagram page or the Facebook page, and just give a like or a follow. It's a really simple thing to do. Doesn't cost you much. Doesn't cost you anything. In fact, you might get a little bit of spam of my kind of, you know, because Facebook has this horrible tendency of where, like, if you click on something, it then shows you everything that's on that page in one smash grab. So I apologize for that. That's Mr. Zuckerberg's fault, not me. I wouldn't do that to you. So yeah, please, if you uh, could go do that, it would do me a solid. It really, really helps the podcast. It will help those pages reach other people in the future and uh, will help me out a lot. So yeah, thank you. Bye, donkey. That would be great. I should also mention uh, in the coming future, I'm going to be kicking off a Patreon page for Ramcast. I'm very, very excited about this. I'm very nervous about it. And um, if you don't know what Patreon is, it's basically paid content. Uh, So you can subscribe to me for a amount per month, be it $1, $2, $5, whatever the tier structure is, and you get exclusive content 
to you via Patreon of the podcast. So I'm still working out the dynamics of that, of what is the best product I can offer you bang for your buck. It's going to be something in the region of you will definitely get a Patreon exclusive episode of this podcast, which nobody else will get. And also will be able to dictate topics and episodes that you would like to hear on the podcast in the future. So yeah, if you give me your cash, I'll do that for you. (laughs) There will be also other little perks and uh, bonuses as well, which I'm currently working out, but uh, just putting all the the bells and whistles together. But yeah, just letting you guys know that the Patreon will be coming soon. I'm thinking about either December or January. So keep your eyes out for that. This is not forming part of the request, by the way. Just thought I'd bring it up because I'm talking a little bit of shop here. In terms of the recommendation section of this, uh, the beginning of this episode, I would like to recommend two, two pieces of, I hate to use the word content, but it's a podcast and a YouTube video that I would love for everybody to go and check out. One is by Octo Radio. A Star Wars podcast that uh, I love following over there, uh, old uh, Elden Deers. And uh, another one is a YouTube video by a guy who goes by the name of Innuendo Studios. And what they are is the podcast by Octo Radio is called uh, The Elephant in the Galaxy. And uh, the video by Innuendo Studios is called The Alterite Pipeline, How to Radicalize a Normie. Now, what these podcasts, and uh, it's a two-part podcast, by the way, and then a single video, what these are about is a problem in fan culture that I have been wanting to talk about on this podcast since I started it. It's a an issue that I personally went through in... Um, 2017 and 2018. It's a rabbit hole that I fell down. And uh, it's a rabbit hole that I've seen many people around me fall down. And um, yeah, it's it's not it's not pretty. It's it's basically how we as a fandom and specifically in Star Wars and in other fandoms have developed this extremely toxic backlash to any form of uh, diversity or representation or anything basically outside the norm in their pop culture. And these two pieces of content break this down in such a way that um, that's why I'm, I, I, I wanted to do an episode about this, but I'm not even going to bother. I would just redirect you guys to this podcast and this video and uh, give it a watch. Keep your mind open and yeah, just see how it tracks because I've seen it time and time again where you know, something, somebody will come up with, and it, it always starts at one point where it's like, oh, why is there now a gay character in uh, my piece of pop culture that I liked? Or, you know, Star Wars, when Finn appeared in the trailer, why is there now a black stormtrooper? And it starts there, and just via this pipeline and via this um, structure that we have, you know, online at the moment of this rabbit hole that you can fall down so quickly, it goes from like, asking that question and then I jump forward and I'm speaking to the person a couple of years later and they're starting to tell me about great replacement theory. I'm like, what the hell happened? Yeah. And I've, like I said, seen it time and time again. It's always, you know, starts with, oh, I'm, you know, looking into the work of this person. I'm like, oh shit, here we go. 
And slowly but surely, you know, they start to become more miserable. They start to hate the world. They start to feel isolated. They start to say things and be bigoted towards people that they had no problem with in the past. But now is suddenly a big issue. And why is that? Why is that happening? Watch this uh, video by Innuendo Studios, How to Radicalize an Army. It breaks it down in beautiful detail. And then for kind of a more Star Wars history of how the Star Wars fandom and the how it became so toxic, you know, especially around the, the era of Last Jedi, listen to that podcast by Akto Radio called Elephant in the Galaxy. So that's my two recommendations. I'm going to leave a link for both of these in the description for the podcast. So if you'd like to go check that out, go grab it in the description. And now we are going to go into a section that I like to call. It's the best. It's the best. It's the best of the week. And before we get into uh, this week's best of the week, and uh, if you don't know what it is, it's basically where I say what the best thing that happened to me this week was, or maybe not the absolute best, but like the thing that gave me a bit of hope against like, you know, the kind of the the forces of darkness, <laughs> but the, the negativity out in the world and what have you, and just, you know, something to anchor onto. But before I get into that, I have to mention something, and that is where I record this podcast, uh, it's, um, there's a window behind me and there's a tree by the window behind me. And whenever I start recording a podcast, it can be any time of day or whatever, there's this bird that keeps chirping. And if you go back and listen really closely to some of the last podcasts, you will hear this little guy in the background. And I've tried to edit him out and everything, but I'm actually getting to the point where I've just got to accept he's part of the show now. And of course, as I'm talking about him, now he stops chirping because he knows he's getting he's getting stage fright now. But I'm going to name him Bob. Bob the Bird. Bob, you are now officially my co-host of Ramcast, but I'm not splitting the royalties with you, brother. I'm sorry. Now, into the, the best of the week. My best of the week goes to, and yet again, I'm plugging another podcast, and uh, I will leave uh, the link for this episode of this podcast uh, in the description as well. But my friends over at Four Center, well, my friends, I've, uh, you know, when you listen to somebody on the podcast, you feel like you're getting quite, you know, personally attacked, like they're talking to you directly, but that's actually not what's happening. But anyway, I digress. Uh, my friends over at Four Center were finally able to release the Star Wars episode after, you know, taking some time off because of the, the SAG strikes and they couldn't... Um, you know, they didn't want to promote struck work. And obviously, Disney was a struck company. So they did the very risky decision of not covering Star Wars on a Star Wars podcast, which that that takes some guts, man. And uh, so they had to cover all sorts of other life day, you know, things like, you know, their favorite books and what they like to eat and X, Y, and Z and what have you, because they also had to be careful. They couldn't promote certain movies. So it was quite a nightmare, but they got through it by creating this thing called Other Center. Now, Force Center came back now with its uh, episode, which was brilliantly called Reconnecting with Star Wars. And it's a beautiful episode in terms of while they took the time off, they, they had issues. They had issues with Star Wars, you know, with obviously with Disney and everything. And, 
you know, their, their kind of fandom got a bit shook, if you will. And they're talking about how they reconnect back with it. And um, one of the ways that's mentioned of reconnecting, which I would love everybody to do, I've tried this now, I didn't actually even think of it, which is crazy, and it works so well, is to go back and watch the trailers again for the films or the series. It really, it gets you going, man. It it It's fantastic. And I would take this and apply it to anything else that gives you joy. Uh, okay, we'll go into movies because this is a movies podcast. Go back and watch the trailers of the films that you love. Like, for me, if I just need a moment of just awesome, I go back and watch the Terminator Salvation trailer that has uh, Nine Inch Nails playing in it. Man, I love that trailer so, so much. There's plenty others that I love, which I can't think of right now, but yeah. So, yeah. For my best of the week, it goes to Force Center for uh, saying how they reconnect with Star Wars and also with their passions. And uh, that's what I would implore everyone to do this week going forward. Try reconnect with your passion. Try reconnect with your joy, whatever that might have been. Oh, now I've got a hardy dog flying past here. So Bob, uh, Bob the Bird brought his friend. Anyway, <laughs> it's like a zoo down here at Ramcast. But yeah, go... Go find go find your passion again. If it's drawing, go do a little sketch. If you were a painter, pick up a brush again. You know, if you sing, knock out a couple of bars, not something else <laughs> in the shower. You know, just find your joy again. That that that's what I'd uh, that's what I'd love for you to do this week. And um, yeah, let me know what that joy was, what that thing was, what was that passion that you reignited or reconnected with this week and come find me on the socials and let me know cool and that is the best of the week so we're going to take a very very short break now and then when we come back i'm going to dive into the listeners questions for the monthly ama catch you after this bye Welcome back to Ramcast, where we are doing the monthly AMA. So let's kick things off. For our first question, it comes from Young Denver, and he would like to know, what is your favorite movie to series and or series to movie? I'm not sure the latter is a big thing, though. Shot Denver for the question. This one actually took me a bit of time to think about and I couldn't quite get an answer for it and I was stressing about it and then you know kind of when you just relax breathe the answer comes to you so the two answers that I have for this so series to movie and this is a bit of a cop-out I apologize but it's if I'm talking true from the heart these are my choices so series to movie they are not exactly directly connected, but they are pretty much connected, is the 1980s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated series, and then the 1990s film. I cannot describe to you how big of an impact that film had on me, especially the second one, Secret of the Ooze. Really, uh, my love of pizza is very much born from that second film. 
If you watch the intro to Secret of the Ooze, where everyone's walking around New York and eating New York pizza-style pizza, and you don't want a pizza after that, God bless you, you've got um, much better willpower than me. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my, my choice with that. My The other one, favorite movie to series, this I'm going to get some serious heat for, but I don't care because this is my choice. It is the Lord of the Rings to Rings of Power TV series. Yes, I said it. Yes, I know the internet does not want you to like this series, but go watch <laughs> the, the how to radicalize an all me thing that I put at the top of the episode and then go back and watch Rings of Power. Anyway, but all that stuff aside, we're pushing that away. I got deeply invested in this TV show, like something I, I haven't before. And it had very much to do with kind of where's Sauron, the mystery of Sauron in this second age and, you know, what they did with Galadriel and it just everything, you know, seeing stuff from the Silmarillion, which is a book that I love. I mean, it, it really, I got deeply invested in that. So yeah, that would be my two choices. So the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie uh, from the, I think it's 1990 and then the Rings of Power series. Our next question, which is an absolute humdinger, and I could almost do an entire episode just on this question, uh, comes from Wynne, and she says, Hi Ryan, it is evident from your podcast that you really enjoy the whole Star Wars genre and train spotting. While I share some of your enthusiasm here, I wonder what your crit would be on some of the movies I have really enjoyed over the years. So many. And all very different, but just out of the top of my head, Dunkirk, The Power of the Dog, Darjeeling Limited, Marie Antoinette, Lost in Translation, The Piano, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Amelie, Why to Mama Tambien, and a delightful little movie called Blue Sky. Many more, but that is enough for now. In your opinion, are these great movies in, or not, and why? My goodness, when, My golly gosh. Straight off the bat, I'm going to say you have an excellent taste in cinema because you have many mix and matches that are going on there. You've got mainstream cinema, you've got very indie cinema, uh, you've got Latin American cinema, you've got 1980s cinema, and you've got French cinema going on there. So that is a very diverse and very eclectic group of films that you've got there. Now, to go through them one by one, okay, let's have a look. So Dunkirk is obviously a Christopher Nolan film about the evacuation of Dunkirk. And I I really, 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 really enjoyed this film when I when I saw it. It's got a tension to it that um yeah, it's with the soundtrack and just kind of Nolan's manipulation of time that he's doing the weird thing with time again. Yeah, I got really, really invested in the film. I feel that it does suffer in terms of its realism, because many people will compare it to Saving Private Ryan. And where Saving Private Ryan has this very visceral, you know, kind of uh, graphic, gory element to it, uh, Dunkirk does not. Uh, Dunkirk's a PG-13 film. I mean, you, uh, everything's, you know, very kind of, there's no quite graphic, graphic violence, which some people feel that you might have needed for a World War II picture, but I don't think it was really what uh, Nolan's aim here was. It was more to create um, tension, and, and that he, he 
really does. And the final shot of that film is also so beautiful. And um, yeah, I don't want to spoil it. I really, really was quite moved by it. But yeah, Dunkirk, uh, Dunkirk gets a big thumbs up um, from me. The Power of the Dog I have not seen. I know it's a Jane uh, Campion film. Uh, and you've got another Jane Campion film on there, The Piano, which I saw many, 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 many years ago. Uh, when I shouldn't have seen it as a child. And uh, I just remember the intensity of um, of Harley Hunter's performance and the score from that film. My goodness. Uh, but yeah, I haven't seen The Power of the Dog. I've heard um, old uh, Benedict Cucumber Patch is uh, absolutely incredible in it, though. And um, yeah, it's a fascinating kind of look at masculinity and all that type of thing. And uh, yeah, maybe I should uh, take some time and go check it out. The Darjeeling Limited uh, is a Wes Anderson film and I really really I, I I don't know I have a bit of a not a block with Wes Anderson but there's so much style there and there's so much like you, you can see a couple of frames of it and you know it's a Wes Anderson picture but it's just there's something with the sensibility that doesn't quite uh jive with me um and i'm not quite sure what that is uh but i've just never been able to get into his pictures for some weird reason so yeah i can't say that the the film is is bad or anything like that it's just not my cup of tea but talking about my cup of tea it comes up next with one of my favorite directors uh which is sofia coppola and uh, you have marie antoinette and lost in translation lost in translation is a very important film for me and a film that I would love to dive into on this podcast because it deals with aspects of isolation and loneliness and the need for connection and uses the kind of the analogy of, you know, being away in a foreign land where you don't understand the language or the culture and also represents that in uh, the marriage of these two characters uh, played by Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson. And it's, you know, just beautiful, lingering, dreamy shots, you know, with soft kind of pop and shoegaze music. And I'm I'm an enormous um, uh, Sofia Coppola fan just for her style and every, the kind of just character that she brings to her film. So you know, like the, the Virgin Suicides and then Lost in Translation and Marie Antoinette as well, where she kind of, you know, swung for the fences a bit in terms of, you know, production value and just budget and everything. And, you know, took a took a real swing at uh, the life of Marie Antoinette, but put it against this kind of pop music style, young girl vibe which it creates this interesting juxtaposition, you know, between this kind of the aesthetic of France and, you know, during the French Revolution, but with this kind of modern, you know, gang of fours, you know, music playing. And I, I loved it. I, I remember seeing it at uh, Cinema Nouveau and I saw Lost in Translation there as well. And yeah, I always, always have a great time with Sofia Coppola. Another favorite of mine is uh, Somewhere with uh, Stephen Dorff, the, the ending of that film. And the, the piece of music that's used is, it's always been one of my favorites. Then we got Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which sadly wasn't a big thing for me growing up. I never, you know, I never really got into it, never really watched it that much. I discovered it much later on. I know it's like a cult classic for many, many, many people, but the 
the scene in Ferris Bueller's Day Off that when I saw it the first time, it, it completely just grabbed me. And to this day, I still go back and watch it on YouTube just for a chuckle. Is the scene where um, Charlie Sheen pitches up in the police station and chats to Ferris's sister, Shauna. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, then, oh, man, Amelie. What can you what can you say about Amelie? I mean, beautiful 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 quirky as all hell french film which is about life and it's about every aspect of life of how weird and fragile and magical and just full of surprises it is and man i i'm yet to find a single person who doesn't fall in love with amelie um that that film is very special so yeah um, it's it's an all-time classic then this one, this one got me. This is when I knew you were being serious. Why to Mama Tambien? Okay. So, this is a film that I discovered when I was working at a video store after I left film school. And I thought it'd be all cool and hip to um, go work in a video store, you know, like Quentin Tarantino and learn my craft and all that kind of thing when I was 19, 20 years old. And around this time, you know, Motorcycle Diaries and all of that had come out, and I was really, really, really into the work of Gal Garcia Bernal, who stars in this film, Why Tu Mama Tambien. And I watched this film, and it's kind of, it also stars a very, very, very young Diego Luna of Star Wars Andor and Rogue One fame, by the way, a little bit of trivia there. And it's a road trip film that is basically Jack Kerouac's On the Road, but a Mexican version of it. And it's quite a, it's quite a sexy little, you know, steamy film. There's some, there's some scenes in it. That's quite, um, yeah. But it's really about the, the kind of loss of youth and discovering yourself on a, on a trip. And uh, this, I, I can't, I can't give away too much of this film, you know, because what the actual message of, is of the film, because it will spoil the, the ending. But yeah, I, I, I was a big, big fan of this film. Um, I love actually most of Gal Garcia Bernal's uh, work, you know, Motorcycle Diaries, Why to Mama Tambien, Amores Peros, and uh, The Science of Sleep, which oh made me, <laughs> from the trailer, fall in love with Death Cab for Cutie, because the first time I heard their music was in the trailer for that film. And uh, yeah, just, uh, I have a, it's a film that almost no one has seen, but uh, yeah, it's it's a very important film for me. And then Blue Sky, I had not actually heard of, and I had to look it up. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. Early early nineties, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, Jessica Lang. I will uh, I will definitely check it out. But yeah, when thank you so much for your question. It uh, whew, it uh, it took me it took me down memory lane there, and uh, fantastic fantastic. Uh, choice in films there so yeah in my opinion great taste in movies 10 points Gryffindor our next question comes from the rebel alliance <laughs> which is a whatsapp group I have uh, with all my old film school buddies and my one lecturer uh, where we keep in touch and uh, they wanted to well we were just kind of having a collective uh, <laughs> chat about this and uh Basically, I just said I wanted to ask what's the the worst accents in film because we were throwing this backwards and forwards. And a good mate of mine, film he uh, he said the the L classic uh, Keanu Reeves in um, 
<laughs> Copolis Dracula, which, oh man, if you've seen it, you know what we're talking about. It is incredible. Keanu Reeves pulls a, an English accent <laughs> that is pretty damn awful. <laughs> Let me see if I can get it out of me. So, I know where the bastard sleeps. I took him there to Carfax Abbey. <laughs> it is it is one of my all-time favorites. I'm trying to think of some other classics one. But the one that keeps coming up for me, and I truly, I have such a soft spot for this, is when, you know, peop, actors try to do South African accents. Because you can just, it's generally, they're always from, you know, Johannesburg. They're never from, you know, Cape Town. And, uh... It's, it's, it's always such a laugh, you know, like the, um, the one bad guy in Mission Impossible 2, you know, when he bangs his finger in the door and he goes, Aina! It's all time classic. But if we're going to talk about the granddaddy of South African accents, it's got to go to Leonardo DiCaprio in Blood Diamond. And yes, I understand that he's not doing a South African accent. He's doing a Zimbabwean accent or as he says, a Rhodesian accent, but Listen, man, he's doing a South African accent bordering on a very, very interesting Cape Townian accent. That is lots of yaws and hey and brew and like, but hearing it coming out of DiCaprio's mouth is fantastic. My favorite is when he punches the guy and says to him, that's for my TV, brew. <laughs> and also dropping, don't be a bloody wanker, eh? It's incredible. And then, you know, when he's chatting with uh, Jennifer Connolly at the bar and he says to her, Algier, it's a... Algier, it's bling... I can't even get it out. <laughs> I'm not going to edit this out. It's too good. Algier, it's bling bang, not bling bling, hey? <laughs> I think it goes the other way around, actually. It's like, Algier, it's not bling bling, it's bling bang, hey? Oh, my word. I absolutely... I need to go back and after I'm done with this and go watch clips from Blood Diamond because it's it's too good. Your blood is in the soil, Danny. Remember that. Thank you, Colonel Kutsi. <laughs> oh, that was a good laugh. So yeah, not the worst accent of all time. Oh, also, it's it's like I understand what they're doing, but this has always given me a laugh. Is in uh, Hunt for Red October with uh, Sean Connery as the. Um, Russian submarine commander <laughs> because yes I know they do the 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 kind of the the thing at the beginning of the film where they speak in Russian and they switch to their natural you know English accents or whatever it might be and they're just showing you that's how you can understand the film but it's still hysterical you know hearing Sean Connery say I'm a Russian submarine commander it's yeah it's incredible so yeah that's my that's my choice for uh, accents from film. Thank you. Thank you, guys. The next question comes from uh, Warren, who is a member of the, the Rebel Alliance. And um, he would like to know, mine is simple. What is your favorite film that by all accounts is shit, but has something in it that you give respect to? Be it a fight sequence, a chase, a performance, etc. My example is Lady in the Water. I think Paul Giamatti is so good in that flick, but everything else is a train wreck. Thank you so much for the question, Uncle Wazzo. Mine is really simple. I knew the second when I saw uh, this question what mine is, and that is Terminator 3. Terminator 3, the entire film, is pretty god-awful. 
like the future war scenes look terrible the the action scenes look like the basically the whole thing almost looks like a tv movie just with a really high budget i mean you've got arnold doing like weird stuff like talk to the hand you know like what is going on here like yes there was a little bit of comedy in terminator 2 but it wasn't that broad you know but then terminator 3 has probably the greatest ending of the entire franchise you know okay barring terminator 1 because that's really it, it hits you but it's definitely better than terminator 2 just with you know the little road and because i know cameron stuck that in the last moment but terminator 3 has this amazing ending of you know the future war happening and the responsibility for john connor and it's almost like they wrote that they were like god that's good let's just you know we'll figure out the rest of the film as long as we've got that ending and uh that's what it's always seemed to me so yeah that's my pick terminator 3 because of its ending our next question comes from shelly and she would like to know what shots and camera angles do you prefer for particular scenes and why? As well as those angles you might not like. Thank you so much for the question, Shelly. Who actually is also my mom. <laughs> Thanks, mom. And uh, it's a really, really great question. This where you know, you can kind of really get into the technicalities of filmmaking, whatever. And anybody who shot films or productions with me at City Varsity will know that... Um, I don't put a hell of a lot of work into pretty much anything, but um, uh, definitely into my my shots. I'm very much a fan of just a static two-person shot. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of moving the camera too much. You know, when a camera is kind of like dollying completely around and doing that circular thing around characters, God, I can't stand it. It just, I don't, it takes me out of the film. It's just a natural movement, but... I am a, but then at the same time, I'm an enormous fan of uh, Steadicam. I, I really, I think, you know, when done correctly, it brings such a, it brings you into the picture. It makes you feel like you are walking through it, you know, uh, which I don't get sometimes with a dolly shot. Um, but one of my strange favorite shots of all time comes from Trainspotting. It's actually a, a shot that I used in uh, one of my productions uh, at film school and it's where the camera is actually on the ground and Ewan McGregor's character Renton walks over the camera with a bag and the camera lying on the ground follows the bag from the left to the right and it's always I don't know always been a favorite shot of mine it's very strange because generally I don't go for that kind of thing also also a big sucker for like long you know aerial shots with from drones and stuff like that yeah i'm very big into that so so yeah there we are thanks for the question mom <laughs> our next question uh, comes from nick and he would like to know ahoy sir i would like to know is it getting easier or harder to get content thanks for the question nick it's definitely easier i don't struggle with content or anything like that i've got so much stuff lined up that i want to talk about there's just a wealth of things and yeah there's a well that i don't think will ever dry up there the the where the real trick comes is just energy and you know trying to do these things after work and prep for them and you know because you've got to work around your normal nine to five and sometimes you just don't have the energy for that you know and that that's where the real fight comes the real trick so yeah 
Our second last question comes from Andre, and he would like to know, I'd like to know when last you were smoke facing Sub-Zero, or if there was a noob crying like a Shiva when he lost to a master. What uh, Andre is talking about there is, I have a little bit of ability when it comes to playing Mortal Kombat. Um, I play Mortal Kombat online, I used to play it a hell of a lot in the arcades, and uh, Andre has taken me on once or twice at Bryze on with Mortal Kombat, and uh, he's yet to beat me, and he's yet to find a person that can beat me. But look, I've I've faced some dudes or dudettes online that have wiped the floor with me. So there are very much people out there. I'm by no means the greatest Mortal Kombat player, but. I can, I'm, I'm, I'm good at a bra. I'm good at a bra. I'll put it that way. But shot for the question, Andre. And then our final question comes from Stuart and he would like to know, what's your favorite Star Trek movie or series? Shot for the question, uh, Uncle Stu. Oh man. Now I'm quite a Star Trek noob. And what I tried to do recently is go back and rewatch all the classic films uh, in a row and try to get into the, the classic series as well and I failed with the series because there's just so much there and to like kind of dive back into that uh, it takes a, a hell of a lot of time and effort so the series is I can't comment on I know growing up like Deep, uh, Deep Space Nine was a very very big thing and was on all the time uh, I think I read one Deep Space Nine book from the library once after school but in terms of the films I always remember First Contact being my my kind of my memory of Star Trek in the cinema, you know, seeing it. But then watching, you know, all the classics and everything in a row on Blu-ray. I've got to say my absolute favorite is the one with the whales or Old Voyage Home. There's such a charm to that film and such a kind of a beautiful vibe to it that it really uh it really connected with me and i really loved it so yeah that's my go-to star trek 4 i believe it is the voyage home loved it and that brings us to the end of this month's ama please uh send in your questions drop them on the the pages come find me you know the the new social media pages are up they are Ramcast ZA, or you can find them through the usual channels. Come find me. I'm at Uncle Ram ZA. So that's A N U C L E R A M Z A. Come check out the pages there. Come comment. Send in your questions so that I'm all prepped for next month's AMA. Come get involved in the conversation. Now, before I go, I'm not going to go on a whole huge story for you or anything. I'd just like to leave you with the immortal words of Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan Kenobi from Star Wars Episode 4. And he goes, Who is more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? Keep that in mind for the for the week ahead. And I hope you all have a fantastic week. And I can't wait to chat to you next time. Peace. Much love. Bye.